how do we integrate all of the the spiritual lessons into our daily lives right uh, as we talked about in the beginning there is no real separation you know between the material and material and, and all the other stuff it's all one Welcome to Finding Your Spark again. My guest today is Brandon Handley, who is not your traditional transformational coach. He's uh, got so much going on. I have to say just right off the bat that I have been on his podcast and you've if you like podcasts, you're listening to this, you've got to check it out. It's called Spiritual Dope and it really does sum up his approach about, uh, well, his tagline, right, is spirituality for the person who couldn't give a shit about it until now. And that's a really important piece of this puzzle, right, is like being straightforward, not being accessible. And so I'm really excited to get to talk to Brandon because he's super down to earth and uh, practical. So thank you for being here, Brandon. I, I love being called practical. That's great. Thank you. <laughs> I think that that's also been a vision of the Spiritual Dope podcast and the platform is uh, just like you said, how do we make spirituality accessible and how do we make it practical? Because so often in so many of the conversations that we have around spirituality, sometimes it seems like unattainable, right? You're either uh, a yogi sitting on top of the mountains or you're not, right? Or you're evil or you're, you're like a total monk and, and everything's feng shui or you're not. Or you're the opposite, right? And not just not, but you're like, it feels like you're in two categories, right? It feels like either you're this or you're just a capitalist or you're just a, right? And it's like, we're full human beings and we got to, we got to live in the world where we feed ourselves and we go to work and we deal with people. And I love that you're, that you approach it that way. It's really good. So today I really want to talk about how spirituality as a, as an umbrella, right, can impact transformation because that's really what we're doing. When I talk about finding my spark again, or I talk about recovering after a loss or any of that, that's really what we're trying to do. We're trying to go from where we were, what we've been through, what we feel like the after effects of that are through something to get to something better. And Spirituality is such an incredible tool. I would love to hear your thoughts on that. Man, is it, you know, there's so many different ways to go with it, to be honest with you. Uh, like I said, it's, you know, spirituality for the person that couldn't give it about it until now. Maybe you've neglected spirituality, right? Because here's it's always there. It's always available. It's always something that already exists. It's a lot like, you know, people talk about the law of gravity, right? It's always there. It's always working. But are you using it? Uh, are you recognizing its potential? Especially in Western civilization, we don't, right? We've built up like all these walls. I'm either a capitalist or a spirituality guy. I'm either this or that. And I can't show up to work today and, and be like fully spiritual. Namaste, right? I can't, I can't show up and do that today because I got I to gotta be this business-based person. And the fact of the matter is, is that some of the most successful people in the world have a, a spiritual practice of some some sort right uh maybe they're not talking about it but for a lot of people that's their secret weapon so how do we leverage that for our advantage what i like to think about is a first of all you know recognize it try to find your spirituality uh you've done as much as you can as a human being right uh maybe you've hit up a, a bunch of different walls could be just a shift in mindset to say 
what's my spiritual being capable of? What if I was a spiritual being uh, living this physical life? What would that look like? And that really changes to just, just like that mind shift on its own can change the whole perspective. I go from being a, a person of this world to otherworldly, right? Uh, what's this otherworldly spiritual Brandon going to be capable of? What's this otherworldly spiritual Donna Lynn going to be capable of? Uh, whereas uh, previously... And hitherto, it's been all very materialistic. It's been all very this of this world. I have these finite resources. And that's such a limited uh, perspective that once you begin to uh, take a look at how you can uh, work with the spiritual self, and it's one of those things that you simply have to experience, right? You can read about it so you're blue in the face. You can talk about it. You can espouse about it, but until like you have that experience, it's revelatory, right? It's just wow! I didn't, I didn't think that this was possible, and you can do it with. Uh, I'm a big fan of Florence Scovel Shin, and you can begin to do everything with grace and ease, right? And and it's just like wow! How how awesome is it? Like life does begin to become effortless. I find that uh, when I'm working with people, the separation between me and my feelings is a really important piece of that. It's sort of the first step in spiritual experience. How does that play into it? My experience was I didn't recognize any of my feelings to begin with. I make this joke about Western civilization, men, myself in, in general. We have like three feelings. It's like, uh, you know, anger love and you know can i sleep with it right like i mean that's just kind of like <laughs> those are like the the three feelings that like most <laughs> men have like as they're they're coming up right because if you cry it's like don't cry don't be a baby stand up be a man you have all these other things happening and so you know like these two the problem becomes like you since you don't know how to identify any of the feelings that you're having you're either angry or you're in love right? all the time and uh, and yeah, i know that's a super high level general statement but uh, so you got to begin to understand what the feelings are. Uh, and so what I did for myself was, uh, and this is most practices. I mean, this is most coaching practices. It doesn't matter. So business, corporate, whatever, you know, start to identify how you're feeling in the moment, whatever that is, right? Begin to have an awareness of what you're feeling. And uh, what you do, what I did was, uh, I should give you the link at the end of this. It's uh, called the Pluchik Wheel. I'm sure you're familiar with it, right? It's a it's a wheel of feelings and they're like kind of different categories. But like they're the um you know, deviations of each feeling, like sad, you know, blue, morose, whatever, all like kind of like this one pedal of the wheel. Uh and there's an interactive fluchik wheel where you click on it and it helps you to explain it. Because even though we think we know what those feelings are and the definitions of them are, uh, we probably don't. Right. You're probably wrong. It's worth a revisit, at least at the very least. Right. And, I'm, you know, I'm sure your audience is very super intelligent, very smart group of people, but everything's worth a revisit. Your emotions are a bundle of feelings. Right. So, uh, you know, learning that. And I was like, oh, my God, even like that was like I had never thought about it that way. Like, so really kind of exploring your feelings, not so much in the sense of, oh, what am I? Yes. What am I feeling? But like, what are feelings right what are emotions and then separate yourself you are not your emotions 
right? Because uh, we say, oh, I'm sad. I am angry. I am this. I am that. You are not. I was told like in other languages, they say, I am having these feelings of sadness. I am having these feelings of whatever, which is great because now you put a separation between yourself and those things and you're like, I am not having that anymore. I would like to have some of this, please. I would like to have some of that, please, right? Like it's a buffet of the things that you would like to or not like to have. And um, you begin to recognize that there's a choice available to you, right? And kind of like, again, in, in, in this whole framework, right? Once you begin to recognize, you can start to separate yourself from your feelings. You begin to make the choice on those feelings. You begin to realize that you're creating the experiences that you're having. You're now acting as a creator, in the creator's image, right? Like, I think we also think that being born, and again, this goes back to the spiritual application of the whole thing. We've approached everything as these human beings in God's image, right? And But is that true, or are we spiritual beings in God's image and have that creator capability, which is what I think we're more in line with yeah and it gets even more complicated when there's mm. when we're not mm. inside of a religion right so then there's like well mm. am yeah. i who in what image um, right because and is there something bigger than me and how do i tap into something bigger than me and sort of not be inside that structure so that's really interesting if there's not something bigger than me what is keeping me breathing at night what is creating all these blood cells how did this dna how did this life show up and create this i i, I may be doing it but i have no idea how and uh if, if i was left to my own devices right if i was left to everything that i'm capable of on my own, I might not make it through the night. Oh, right. I feel certain I would not. Like my heart would breathing. like be like, well, I'm, can we I'm go to sleep gone. too? Like we're we're all shut off. <laughs> yeah. Right. So yeah. if there's not something bigger yeah. and greater than us, then yeah, yeah. and yeah. we don't know how all this is working, then where are we with that? So one of the things you're talking about here that I really relate to is this ability to raise your awareness and to identify. You know, I've. I practiced this for a really long time, right? So I can go back to the beginning of when I started to raise my awareness and be able to identify. But even just having walked through the traumas of the last year for me, I can point at moments and say to myself, a lot of times there are unconscious programs kind of running in the silence that we're not aware of. We're washing the dishes, we're, you know, brushing the cat, whatever it is. And, uh, and there, and we're not aware that we're having thoughts and that ability to sort of raise awareness of the feeling and then identify it and go like, huh, this is anger. Huh, I feel fear. I feel worry. Sometimes I find that's a really great through point to what what is happening? Why am I having that thought? And actually, is it legitimate in my life? Is there some action I need to take? Or is it uh, something that is sort of free floating, right? That I'm just experiencing because I'm in the midst of whatever those feelings are. What you do with the identification of the feeling can really shift depending on what happens after that, right? what the question, why am I having this feeling, right? Which I think you mentioned is like, what is this and why am I experiencing it? 
oh, there's a bear in the room. I should be scared. Oh, I have a looming deadline. I understand that this is me projecting into that, right? And then you sort of have this bigger awareness of your life. You know, as you're as you're talking about this, I you know, was kind of playing a story in my head this morning. And it, I'll start it with like, you know, the whole idea of the baby elephant that's tied to the post, right, at a circus or anywhere, right? So you've got the baby elephant tied to a post with a piece of string, basically, and as it grows, you know, when it's a baby elephant, it can't it can't pull away from that post, right? As it grows larger and larger and larger, it stops trying. It could easily, you know, be like, hey, I'm out of here, right? Rip that right up and, and, and take off. But it's programmed from, you know, an early start here. says, all right, well, this is true, right? If this is true now, then it must be true forever, right? Uh, and this is, I think, a little bit about what you're saying, too. We, you know, we, we now use these feelings that you're talking about and these thoughts that we're having. And we have the opportunity uh, in that moment of awareness uh, when we're washing the dishes and we're feeling fear, we're feeling some type of dynamic internal that's not for our highest and best good, we'll say, right? Possibly. Or it is for our highest and best good. And we're like, well, where's this coming from? You have the opportunity now to inspect that, right? Whereas uh, normally it's, it's this program. As an elephant, I can't lift my trunk off of this pole, right? Because I've never gone back and, and re-evaluated, are these thoughts true? Is this... Still how I should be feeling is there another way that I could look at this that would be more beneficial for me right in the looming deadline right like is this looming deadline like scary or is it exciting right so now you get into mindset shift right it's like how do I look how do I tw twist the kaleidoscope which is an interesting thing I mean when you look at it through a business context it's absolutely useful super useful um, a lot of times I find that when people are going through loss of some sort, there's a real resistance to want to twist the kaleidoscope to go like, okay, so it does feel awful, but I want to stay there. I want to stay there because mm. I don't want to dishonor right. that memory. I don't want to read it, whatever that is. Um, and uh, and so that willingness, that little piece right before we we turn the kaleidoscope mm. and go like, this is something that's time for me to reframe it, that there's like a piece of willingness that you got to say, am I actually willing to do that? And then once we do that, how, what are some of the ways that we can start that reframing process? In terms of grief, first of all, feel your grief, feel it, allow for that, right? Don't initially reject it because I think we're, we're too quick a lot of times to move on and not fully process that, but like... <sighs> feel it. Okay. So if we, let's, let's take it into a space that's a little less charged on that. Right. And that, that sort of mindset shift, how do we begin that? Do we explore like, okay, so here we are, we've, we've had, we've identified our feeling. We've said, is it legitimately something I need to respond to? Or is it just a feeling that I'm having? And then we've kind of said, well, uh, I'm going to not do something with it yet, right? I want to change my mindset first. So you have your willingness. And here we are. Do you kind of poke at that from multiple places? Is that where you would put a spiritual practice in order to find that shift? I mean, how, what would be a process that, that you would use there? As a parent, uh, I look at the universe as a benevolent kind of father or parent, right? 
one in 400 trillion were put here uh as i'm a parent i I think to myself i'm like well i only want the highest and best good for my children you know in one in 400 trillion chances the universe has put me here and i'm pretty sure they want the highest and best good for me what is that highest and best good for me in this moment that's how i would approach it from a spiritual sense that's great so i know that you work with people on with different actual spiritual practices do you want to Tell us a little bit about the kinds of work you do and, well, maybe I'm talking out of school a little. It's because I watch your social media that I know that you teach classes and things like that. <laughs> it's always evolving, right? Um, uh, I, I come at this from, uh, you know, you t- we, we talk about the beginning, right? Uh, for the person that didn't give a about spirituality for now, there's there's kind of like two schools. There's the, the oh, I'm going through it now. Right, I'm going through like this kind of a uh, spiritual awakening, this spiritual transformation. Uh, like you said before, like maybe they don't already have a, a religious framework to leverage, and or they're resistant to it. You know, a lot of people are resistant to Christianity, and so learn the same lessons, but through a different lens, right? It, and so you know that's kind of the process of, of that. So like, okay, what you're looking at, and you know, Christianity is this. It's the exact same thing over in Buddhism, and the person is more receptive to that in Buddhism. Right, like, oh, I never thought about it that way. It's the exact same thing I always grew up with. Just like this, yeah, just like that, right? But the, there begins to be an acceptance that that there, these are truths out there. Like, so you start to present like these truths and as universal as a format as you can, stripping all of like the uh, specific religious connotations out, and you know they'll eventually relate it to something that they're already familiar with, but it's different. They haven't built a filter for the, my approach. Right. They haven't built a filter for that. So it gets through. Right. Just like we have all kinds of filters to filter out X, Y, Z chemicals in our our water. Most people, again, they have filters built in for like, oh, Christianity, that's not getting through. You know, whatever my other religion, that's not getting through. I've got a filter for that. But now we present something that there is no filter for. It's a universal truth. Let's take a look at that. How's it showing up in your life? And if you're already in the midst of a transition, like I said, uh, you know, going through an awakening, you know, the awakening is unfortunately the beginning of the process, right? It's kind of like a uh, gunpowder. It's like, you're like, oh my goodness, what is this? That's your, like your spiritual awakening, your self-actualization, realization, call it whatever you want. It, it shows up. Uh, other people will call it a midlife crisis. But again, those are all the things you have all kinds of different names for it, but it shows up and you're like, what do I do with this? I've never experienced it or dealt with it. I didn't prepare for this. And so I coach people through that, right? And kind of how do we begin to integrate that? How do we integrate all of the spiritual lessons into our daily lives, right? Uh, as we talked about in the beginning, there is no real separation you know, between the material and material and, and all the other stuff. It's all one uh, that we, we try again to keep so separate. You know, there, there's no specific time, just like when we're watching like a rose bloom or you know, something growing. We don't know exactly when it's going to bloom, but we have an idea. Right. So cultivating that space so that when you get there, you're not freaking out, man. Right. So when you get there, you're ready. So like the meditation practices, the uh, breath work that I teach is super, uh, man, breath work for me has been life changing. Right. So it's like med- I call it meditation on steroids because you get to a space in breath work that you've really been seeking this whole time in um, meditation. A lot of people, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm not sure what your experience has been, but when you start to meditate, your mind's like everywhere. Even if you're very well practiced in it, 
and you've got like you know you do a certain period a good chance your mind is like still racing like at some point in between all that so breathwork kind of takes that away right and and how it does that it's like um our executive functioning mind can really only handle about four things at a time right once you've got it occupied with all the things it's juggling all these balls like it can't think about anything else right it's like oh i gotta i gotta handle this i gotta handle this i gotta handle this so with breath work you've got to be like all right well i'm focused on am i breathing from you know what's the specific breathing practice and then with the one that i've got there's a count and then there's like this other stuff there's a guided meditation so your mind is occupied right with things that are positive and beneficial for you not to mention physically beneficial for you uh, creating chemicals because we're walking chemical factories with the ability to adjust our own chemicals whenever we want but like it just takes it to this next level and you get rid of that like non-thinking thing and then uh in the breath work that i teach right now it's called you know uh, soma breath work there's a breath retention right this is all based off like old school yoga stuff but there's a breath retention after doing this breathing and in that breath retention is like this transitional state like it's so blissed out you're creating this kind of this amazing bodily feel it's coming from within ultra spiritual my other tagline is like you know get your hit right get your hit of spiritual dope like you can do all these things for yourself and get connected into here and if you haven't already experienced like this awakening thing because my my experience was like two week like body high just like numinous feeling of just amazing connectedness and like out of nowhere so if you've never experienced it at least you have the opportunity to kind of uh, feel that through breath work right and again cultivating the space so that when it shows up you're like ah i knew it would show up and i've been ready for it and that's kind of how i work with uh, both different parties i think a lot of times we think that spirituality spirit is actually what we experience as mental right? What our brains can do. And so that it isn't physical. And my experience is, you know, when I was younger, I really, I really didn't want to be physical, right? I was like, I like this spirituality. I like my brain. I like all that stuff. And then it comes to the physical stuff and it's more difficult. And so that sort of sense of like, how can I get out of my body as a spiritual experience it really doesn't serve. Uh, for me, It I had to be willing to really go into my body, to really experience my body as a spiritual element, right? And that breath work that you're talking about feels like it really serves that purpose as well, where the, I can feel my body moving. I am a spirit, not just in this body. I am a spirit with this body, right? Connected to it. Yeah, hundred percent. You think about really your body's more like an extension of your subconscious, right? And and so it's going to re. It, that's one of the big challenges, and this is also part of the practice, right? Is uh, not only in terms of when you talked about understanding the awareness of your feelings. Where is your breath when you're having those feelings, right? Uh, where where is that showing up? So not only what are you feeling, where is it showing up in the body? And, and when you start to understand that uh, your body is reflective of your subconscious, right, and it's it's sending you signals, well, is it possible to reverse that and use your body to put yourself into a state of being that you would like to be in? You're like, okay, body, I got you. You're right. Sure. Yeah. Historically, again, 
this would make me feel like this. However, I realize that going into this meeting is not a bear going to eat me, right? So how do we, you know, how do we change that reaction? How do we influence that reaction? And there's a number of ways that, that uh, I share how to do that. I mean, there's the, I'm sure you're probably familiar with like the power poses is, is one of the things where you, you know, um, the most famous one is like, you know, the super or wonder woman pose, right? You know, hands on the hips, standing up. And before you go into a meeting, before you go into an interview for like two minutes, right? You stand there and, and you're sending your body a different signal. You Again, you're creating different chemicals in your body that are beneficial for you going into this thing versus, Oh man, I don't know what's going to happen. What's going to happen when I go and set the stage, you know, use your body to influence your, uh, your mind. And uh, breath work, again, it's the same. So where's where's it showing up? If it's showing up in my chest, that means I've got this kind of fight or flight thing going on. I'm like, I'm anxious. I'm antsy. And, and my shoulders are tense, right? And we're always in fight or flight. So how do I change that? I say, all right, well, I captured that moment. I'm feeling anxious. I feel my chest tighten up. All I got to do uh, is breathe down in my belly, lower my, let my shoulders relax, and, you know, maybe for like a minute. And nobody even noticed this, right? You, this is... You can't do the Wonder Woman pose in the office, right? You can't go and be like, well, Brandon, how are you feeling? Give me a second. I got to stand up. <laughs> Give me two minutes. I'm going to feel great, <sighs> right? You can't do that. I mean, you could, but like, I don't know. There could be some ridicule and it might not go over as well as you'd like it to. <laughs> but what you can do, right? What you can do is you can breathe in for two and out for four, right? Just remember, like, because the longer you breathe out, it's put your body into a rest and digest, right? It puts you into a comfortable position. Your body feels like, and it's going to start sending signals again. It's going to reverse and be like, oh, you're you're in a good place. You're cool and you're calm and you're comfortable. So two in, four out, in out through the nose, breathing from the diaphragm, breathing up, real nice and gentle. You just sit there and kind of hang out in the meeting wherever you're at. And nobody's ever going to notice that you're freaking out, man, and you're just trying to fix it, right? So that's a powerful tool. I love that. I really appreciate that you uh, so willingly shared that. Uh, you remind me in your encouragement not to allow things to get in the way of getting the actual job done, right? That maybe a certain tool doesn't suit a time period. That when I first started meditating, uh, I meditated in the morning and the evening, and I had a coach and I was like, yeah, but you know, this life, like there's a lot going on in between morning and evening. <laughs> right. And my coach would always say to me, she'd say, uh, well, you can go to the bathroom anytime. And I, because I'd be like, nope, I got a job and I got people depend on me <laughs> and I got lots of reasons why I can't prioritize me. Right. I got all this stuff that I'm putting in the way of actually making myself into somebody who's having a great experience and who's going to be able to contribute on a better level. And, uh, and, and I remember thinking like, oh yeah, sure. But she really did every day, one o'clock. She didn't matter if she was in a meeting or not. She said, excuse me for a minute. And off she'd go to the restroom. I was with her one day. I was like, what are you doing? She's like, I'll be back in 10 minutes. That's great. That's great. Well, I think another thing too is like, you know, we get kind of hung up in the numbers game and we get kind of hung up in, um, and when I mean that by like, you're supposed to meditate for 20 minutes at 1030 today, Donna, if you don't do that, your life's fucked. Right? And part of my friends like, you know, believe what you need to like, you know, the thing is, is it doesn't have to be 10 minutes. It doesn't have to be 20. You can change it all in like under a minute. 
right? Depending on where you are, what your situations are. And, and there are tools available, like you're saying, like, you know, again, sometimes you can't do the hands on the hips. Sometimes you can't do this. Richard Rohr, I'm not sure if you're familiar with him. He's a Franciscan monk uh, in modern days. But, like, he talks about St. Francis. You know, his idea was, like, spirituality for the people. Let's make it practical. Let's make it accessible. The person drinking at the bar is no more or less of a spiritual being than I am, right? So we are all on this planet together. It's all accessible. There are tools available in any situation. You just got to be willing to try them out. Find out which one works for you. If you got to go to the bathroom for 10 minutes at 1 o'clock every day, that's your thing, right? That's it. If somebody's spotting you at all the times, you can at least round the corner and do like a minute's worth of like lion's breath right and that'll change your whole physiology your body and everything so uh, so many things available one of my favorite tools for uh walking through life and having to deal with it is to use hand gestures right is to Mm. use mudras to be able to move energy without uh drawing a lot of attention to yourself very very rarely do people look at your hands when they're by your side you know you just just do them and you get a little, you know, two or three of them together and you go like, okay, this is what I do. This is what's going on for me. This is how my breath changes when I do that. Right. And the first time I really tested that out, I worked, uh, in a place where one of the things that I had to do was shift from an office position to a, to a high level, big problem kind of, uh, customers, customer service, like seamlessly, like go back and Mm -hmm. forth (laughs) inside, you know, 10 seconds. And, uh, and people would be like yelling at you, you know, and you're supposed to be reasonable. So that's sort of like, okay, this is a bear attack Mm -hmm. that is probably not going to physically hurt me, but this is really like actually sort of explosive. And how Mm -hmm. am I going to keep myself together under those circumstances? And there's yeah. so many great tools like what you mentioned to do that. So also I was thinking about how the the bigger chunks, the things that we talk about in terms of go ahead and meditate for a half hour, an hour, do a morning practice, an evening practice, whatever that is, right? That um that those spaces make it so that, you know, they're like the anchors, right? Mm-hmm. And then when we go through our life during the day then we use these additional tools, these sort of triage tools to help ourselves stay in the space where we can observe what's happening for ourselves, identify what's happening for ourselves and be able to then make an informed decision about how to move forward uh, in that moment. Right. For me, uh, meditation was, I was very resistant against it. Like I grew up with, a you know, uh, I, I, born in the late seventies, hippie parents, you know, resistant against all things, you know, subculture, counterculture, whatever you want to call it. Right. Uh, and, and spirituality and awareness was always in, in the forefront. And, and of course that means that uh, meditation was too there. So definitely resistant against it. And I did it, um, uh, based off of a Toastmasters talk is got a gentleman named Nitten. I'll never forget really brief uh, meditation. We did very powerful. I was like, okay, I'm going to do this for a couple weeks with headspace. Did it for a couple weeks with headspace. I was like, eh, whatever. I don't have 10 minutes in my day that I could possibly spare for meditation. I've got many more things to do. I am a productive member of society sitting here in silence. will do nobody any good. Um, and then like a couple weeks later, just like you're saying, I was like, what? Something's not right with me. I'm angry. I'm, 
jumpy, I'm cantankerous. What was it? And it was noticeable, right? I was like, what was I doing a couple weeks ago that was different? Meditation. I was doing the meditation. That actually works. Try them out. And maybe you haven't done enough, but you know, maybe try it for like three weeks and then don't do it and see what the difference is for yourself. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And I love giving yourself a time period. That's a really helpful tool for me. Uh, I need to know that there's a moment in time when I will judge in order to sort of not be judging in the mo in each moment, right? Not be like, well, I did it for 10 minutes right. and this yeah. is minute 11 and this, it's not a now cake. I'm going to assess. It's not a no, <laughs> that's right. That's right. It's not 28 minutes later and I'm good. Um, <laughs> but when you set for me, if you set a time period where you say, okay, this is what my expectation is. Are things going to yeah. be fixed? I don't know. Maybe, maybe I leave the possibility open, but maybe they won't, but I won't yeah. even think about it. It's actually what I did when I moved here. My husband wanted to move uh, to Massachusetts. Now I'm moving again. And my husband wanted to move to Massachusetts. I didn't want to move to Massachusetts. I was like, huh, <laughs> that's not really in the plan. What's happening here, right? And I said to him at that moment, I will move and I will not judge for six months. That's my commitment. I just won't mm. make a decision. And that allowed me to have all these experiences yeah. along the way. And when it was time to judge, then I was, you know, standing on a porch doing a business deal that I wanted to be doing in this beautiful setting, looking at the tulips growing, going, right. this is right. not bad. This is pretty right. good. Yeah. This is way better yeah. than I thought it was going to be. Right. So I think that's true in, in all of our practices that, to say I'm going to do this, I it's probably where the challenge concept comes to in, but, but in a softer way to say, this is what I'm going to commit to doing for a week, for two weeks, and then I will assess, and then I will decide what the next increment of, of uh, commitment Perfect. is for me. Yeah, I love that practice. Love that. Well, thank you so much for coming here today and for talking to us. I I am a true fan. I don't know if you know, but ever since I've been on your podcast, I've been like following you and, you know, really uh, staying in touch with your way of speaking and your way of presenting, because I feel like there's a, there's a, a grit of a, a reality to it that is really helpful. And so I really encourage anyone who's listening right now, if you relate to that, if you like the sort of down to earth, uh, a lot less airy fairy than me, uh, <laughs> uh, approach where you're like, you're, you can, you can really be in your life and you can do this. Uh, please reach out to Brandon. We'll put all of the links on all of the platforms, uh, and follow him and, you know, reach out to him. He's a coach and has that availability uh, to actually make a difference. Today is your day, right? You could make a difference in your day. If you just, just hit pause for a second, click the link, go to the website and do something about it, right? 